what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Baseball Connection. So we have a lot to discuss. We're going to jump right into it. The big news of the week so far is Bryce Harper is back. He returned to the Phillies lineup on Tuesday. But the Phillies lost this game pretty handily to the Dodgers. And they're just going to try to turn the page. You know, this is just Harper's first day back and ended up being a lopsided 13-11 Dodgers victory. But Harper got his first taste of game action since last year in the World Series. And 0 for 4, three strikeouts, not uh, surprising for someone who's had zero spring training, zero game action as far as rehab games. And that's... That's a tough assignment. Go out there, face Julio Urias in your first at-bats and your first game back. That's going to be tough. So he'll be fine. He'll adjust, but expect a bit of a slow start for Bryce because baseball's hard. You know, it's not that easy to, to return and just, you know, put up numbers like that. But Urias ended up going seven innings, 10 strikeouts for LA. Like I said, um, you know, Harper couldn't hit him at all. But, you know, seven innings, 10 punch outs. Then, you know, Chris Taylor with two hits, including two doubles, two RBIs and two runs. Then Vargas for the Dodgers. Miguel Vargas, four for five, three doubles, three ribbies and two runs scored. So it was quite a lopsided victory at the end of the day. They needed a position player, meaning Cody Clemens had to mop things up at the, at the end of the game. But. The one Phillies run was a solo homer by Trey Turner, homering in his return to L.A. But Harper is back. He's going to need some time to readjust. That is completely normal and completely expected. Don't don't think that there's anything wrong with that. If we head up from L.A. to Oakland, Bryce Miller was making his Major League debut for the Seattle Mariners. And he looked sharp. Ten strikeouts, no walks. He is the Mariners' number two prospect, and he actually carried a perfect game into the sixth in his Major League debut. I know mean, you couldn't really expect a much better outing than that. Perfect until the sixth, but you know his own team, the Mariners, was actually hitless through seven. So you know it's not like he was necessarily you know winning this thing, but there was no shortage of electricity as you know both you know both. Pitchers, Bryce Miller and Oakland's Mason Miller, carry these no-hit bids deep into the game. But Bryce is Seattle's number two prospect. He is MLB Pipeline's number 88 overall. And he's now the first Mariners pitcher to strike out 10 in his MLB debut. He's only the third pitcher in history with 10-plus punch-outs and no walks in his debut, joining Steven Strasburg and Johnny Cueto. Man, that Steven Strasburg debut, I still remember that. That was what, 20, 2010 or 2011 when Strasburg made his debut against the Pirates in DC. That was, that was electric. There was a lot of hype around that he delivered. But, uh, you know, Miller averaged just a tick over 95 on his four seamer, topped out 97. Looked really good. Looked really good and ended up, you know, leading his team to victory. Jared Kelnick finished the job driving in the go-ahead run on a two-out double. Kelenic's strong season continues, but the Mariners win the series opener by a score of 2-1. If we head to Kansas City, Ryan Mountcastle crushed a pair of two-run homers 
and drove in five runs as a big out as part of a big outburst by the Marin sorry the Orioles offense. And that's not surprising because Mountcastle has been hitting balls hard all season from the heart of a lineup that honestly has been really strong. They've put up crooked numbers a lot. But even though the Orioles scored 11 runs in this 11-7 victory, they're having to do that a lot. They're having to put up a lot of runs to win games because their defense has been pretty rough this season. Entering Tuesday, Baltimore had an MLB worst defensive runs against average of minus 11.1 and their outs above average is minus 14 that's ranked 29th in the majors and their defensive run saved minus 12 was tied for 26 so they've been ranking as one of the worst defensive teams in baseball i mean outfielders haven't always been taking the best paths to balls routine plays haven't always been as such but on tuesday they flashed the leather all over the field and committed no errors and one of the cleaner defensive games they've played this year but still, they gave up seven runs. It's just one of, the, one of those things. You know, you're going to have to have good defense to win games. Of course, this is not a year we expect the Orioles to make a playoff. I mean, they could make the playoffs. Let me not even say that. Let's say we don't expect the Orioles to go deep in the playoffs or anything this year. But if you want to get to that next level, you know, you're going to have to play good defense. And the Orioles are doing a good job year over year now. They are doing a really good job incrementally improving each year. And this year, what's really come together has been the offense. And hopefully they can improve the defense with time. And who knows? Maybe it's just an early season thing. I don't know. If we move out to Miami. So Bryce Elder was on the mound for the Atlanta Braves. He's been phenomenal this season. Put in another really strong start for Atlanta. They got a 6-0 win over the Marlins, and Elder's stuff was on full display. He threw seven scoreless innings, allowing just three hits to the same offense that hit him for three homers in his last start. But he looked really sharp. He must have watched the film and figured out whatever it was he was doing his last start that that had them keyed in. He, he fixed that this time. He really utilized a sinker, which he pairs with a slider to make up the majority of his arsenal. But his sinker got him three of his six strikeouts, but not only was that pitch really good, but it was particularly filthy on Tuesday. And that's what Michael Harris II was seeing in center field. You could see it. Of course, you can see all that movement in center field. Nothing that Bryce Elder throws is straight. It's pretty much unhittable. That's what Michael Harris II was saying. But the sinker was really what did it on Tuesday. But Tuesday's outing marked the deepest outing he has had so far this season. He's tossed at least five and a third in each of his six starts so far, but that's an improvement over last year. So he's going deeper in the games. You know, four starts in April, five and two thirds. They went four and two thirds or fewer his next three starts before his option to AAA Gwinnett last year. But this year, looking pretty good. So shout out to Bryce Elder of the Braves. Let's head to Boston, where Connor Wong has has been putting up some good offensive numbers. The question with him has always been, would he be able to hit? You know, a defensive catcher with a cannon of an arm. That's always a question you have with guys like that. That's the profile Connor Wong has always carried. But after a 4-for-4 four four game with two homers, a single and a double, you know, including some big homers, a game-tying and a game-winning homer, people are, are thinking they've answered that question that this dude actually has a bat. 
I mean, Connor Wong is not a household name, but I mean, when you do that in Boston in front of you know, a big market like that, yeah, you're gonna you're, you're gonna catch people's attention. I mean, in his first 50 at bats of the season, Wong was hitting 180 with no homers and six ribbies. Then in his past three games, he's gone nine for 12 with three homers. And I mean, what has keyed this turnaround? He says it's been mostly timing and the work he's been put in, putting in. I don't know. But um, the Red Sox catchers have looked pretty good this season. Connor Wong and Reese McGuire's Reese McGuire have been a successful catching tandem. I mean, so far it's paying off. McGuire is hitting 327. Wong has raised his average since last Wednesday. Now he's hitting 290 all of a sudden. And yeah, slowly you're realizing these guys are like probably the best hitting duo in the league so far. It's it's pretty remarkable. But we'll see how long this lasts. I mean, it might just be a hot streak. It might last a little longer, of course, but good to see for the Red Sox. And they ended up getting a big win over the Blue Jays, 7-6 over Toronto. Divisional opponent. That's how you, you know, gain ground in the standings. That's how you, yeah, that's how you create space in the standings. Of course, the Blue Jays are actually ahead of Boston, but not by much. They're in third, Boston's in fourth. Blue Jays only have one win more than the Red Sox. So, those are the big updates from Tuesday. The schedule will roll on on Wednesday. We'll carry on as you know, more teams will do the thing. But that's going to do it for today. If you enjoyed this, please share it with someone who would be interested. And we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.